Thanks for tuning into the Canadian Beacon Podcast. Canadian events for the regular people. And welcome to the Canadian Beacon Podcast. Uh, our group that we normally have is on as usual. There's myself, Craig. There's Todd. Hello. And Brian. How's it going? Yeah, good. It's uh, good, and, good and you. Good and you. you. And how's your lunch? <laughs> those are kind of a little side jokes there that uh you, you have to be there to get it yeah we got stuff going on as usual in uh, a crazy world that we live in i'm going to start off the tonight's uh discussion over the eight million dollar barn what do you think mm. of that <laughs> at so it Hall. is yeah with the subterranean Blast shelter? Yeah, yeah that would option. probably be the same. Yep. I guess uh, good old Trudeau and his uh, ever wisdom of uh, fear um, has decided to build a bomb shelter, but called it a barn. That way he can hide like a little rat in case anything, he, because of his stupidity, goes wrong. I, I really like the timing on this because the U.S. Army just dropped a new recruitment video, right? Yeah. New recruitment ad, and it's all white guys. So Trudeau builds a bomb shelter. The U.S. military is going back to non-woke recruiting policies, or trying to anyway. And nobody's buying it. No, nobody wants to join. If you like the YouTube comments on that, are all "Don't do it. Get bent. We're not joining. <laughs> yep. Don't join, white guys. Don't die for Jewish wars and things like that." It's like, oh, yeah. Nobody's buying this. Yeah, that's that's not good. Yeah, I guess they're trying to. They realize that they can't fulfill the military requirements by appealing to 0.0001% of the population. Well, I mean, there's a couple ways you can look at it, right? It was intentional or we're run by idiots. Yeah, obviously run by idiots, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, of course, Canada hasn't picked up on that and is still uh, uh, delving into stupidity, right? Operation Human Shield, let them do it. Did you hear about that one, uh, Todd, about the bomb shelter, right? Yeah. 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 I think mean, it's for him to hide. Yeah. He doesn't have to he doesn't have to sneak over to the uh cottage there in the gat nose. Well he has to find some place to meet the former uh, governor general, right? The one yeah. that was asked not. Well, I think I think too, like he's you know, he's you see him debating in Parliament. He got in front of the cameras a bit today over, you know, the the fights going on at Concordia and around uh, our major cities now with regards to this Israeli-Palestinian thing. But I think he's going for the high jump. Well, that's what we bet on last week. We didn't bet on the war. We bet on when he'd be gone. That's right. That's right. That's it. And Brian said he's going to stick around to the next election. I said he was going to be gone by December, and you said February. So it's yeah. going to be interesting. I he, he, there's no doubt he's just absolutely getting trashed in the polls. I, I just I just think uh, he's he's gonna he's gonna be gone. He's becoming irrelevant. Yeah. Well, they all are. They can't they can't control the country anymore. Yeah. They, no. They lost the authority to to actually be uh the representatives of the government of the country yeah they i think they all are starting to realize the debacle that is going to await them if we get to an election or how this thing going on overseas is coming home to roost and it just shows you how an immigration policy can bring headaches down the road as germany and everyone and found out right yeah well, yeah and you know i finding out now if you came here leave your shit at the door when you come in here i you know what it's something to watch on the news you can have an opinion on it but you know what i don't see any good guys and bad guys in these conflicts and just no, stay the hell out of it 
you want to drag your Palestinian Hindu fight over here? You're both pieces of shit. I hate you both. I get it. Yeah, you, I don't care. and we'll look look at the look at the the conflicts that are going on around the world, right? Like, you know, our little uh, midget finance minister whose dad was the Ukrainian Nazi um, gets us heavily involved in the Ukrainian Russian war. It has nothing to do with NATO. Yeah. Ukraine is not a NATO country. They were trying to make it a NATO country and failed. Then you have the Kalistani bullshit where you have the, you know, Jagmeet Singh is almost as close to a terrorist as you could imagine in, with what's going on with him and his in, involvement in the Kalistani movement. And now all the bullshit going on with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. We've just we've just become a a United Nations of people pissed off with somebody. Yep. And you know, I time to start sending them back. Well, it's just it's just you know what? I'm just sick of the whole bunch of them. Yeah. You know what? Me too, man. I don't. Yeah. I don't give a shit. You know. You- I mean. To take a side in this Palestinian-Israeli thing, it all depends who the villain is, is look at the last atrocity. I mean, they just have been, since 1948, it's just been constant atrocities back and forth. Yeah, like that's the thing. Everyone's like, oh, I support Palestine. I support Israel. How about we don't support any of them? Like, they're both terrible people. Mm Mm-hmm. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Like they're not good people. They are killing children and women, left and right, civilian, unarmed. It doesn't matter what side you look at. Both sides are doing it. Israel bombs a refugee camp. Hamas murders a bunch of people in the street. It doesn't matter what side you look at. And yeah, you can go back yeah. and be like, oh, well, they did this last week. Well, they did this two weeks ago. Well, they did this a year ago. Well, oh, blah blah. It doesn't matter. Do you know what? If you could get the superpowers to come to an agreement that they're just going to back off in these areas, I bet you those two sides of the argument will have a peace agreement or an agreement very quickly because, well, or they'd kill each other. I don't care. They'd kill each other. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Israel will never come to a peace agreement with them because Israel believes that is their land and they are squatting on it. They will kill everybody there. And um, yeah, well, but but Palestine well, believes sorry. the exact same thing. They will kill each other over that. There will be no peace agreement there. Yeah, they they both uh, deny the each other's ex- uh, right to existence, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you imagine if we formed a country where we said that um, you had to be a specific religion to vote, become a citizen, That's and that all in Israel. Well, I know they have, uh, what is it, a million Arab um, citizens? Yeah, yeah. So the, there is, uh, they do have the right to vote if, if you're an Israeli. In Israeli, you don't have to be Jewish. And you just get spit on. <laughs> yeah, so they, they, they are a democratic uh, country that way. But the problem comes is uh, is the two Palestinian enclaves there on the the Gaza and on the West Bank, yeah, yeah, and well, that's where the conflict is that they don't uh, want um, Israel to exist as a nation or as a country, and and it comes right down Israel doesn't want them to exist as a country or in a a political faction either no no and they they originally had borders drawn up where you're going to have separate nations israel and palestine right yeah. and the palestinians didn't agree to it and they went to war and lost and you know the rest has been a constant struggle back and forth so they're but israel leaders. well yeah but also the Israelis have been antagonizing them by building settlements in the areas that they conquered. Yes. 
Yes, that's true. Yeah. So, and there is a segment, especially amongst the, um, what are they called? Uh, you know, the guys who wear the black clothing all the time. Um, uh, construction uh, workers. No. <laughs> you know, the guys with the, they wear the curly, curly locks on the side and. Oh, yeah. The, oh, uh, the Orthodox uh, Jewish. Yeah, the Orthodox guys. You know, they they all believe in the greater Israel, you know, from the, uh, what is it? Is it the Jordan River to the sea? And they want to drive the Palestinians out. And that's what's going on right now. Like Netanyahu is oh, is yeah. trying to do that. He's trying to finish them off. And like you, you're gonna sit there and tell me that one of the largest intelligence operations in the world let this attack happen and let it continue for seven hours? Hmm. Nothing suspicious there. Like this, this was allowed to happen to give them a reason to go in. Oh yeah, and that's. I mean, Goring himself said it: is that you have to make the people feel like they're being attacked in order to motivate them to do what you want them to do. Yeah. And that's uh, propaganda, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Hegelian dialectic or something. Problem, reaction, yes. solution. Yeah. Yeah, Create exactly. Problem, present the solution mm-hmm. or present the reaction, get your solution, right? Like you, you end up yeah. with the result you want by creating the problem that you require. Yeah. And it, you know, you can go back even to like before nine 11, the PNAC document project for the new American century is that they wanted to um, light a fire in the Middle East in order to do regime change. 9-11 happens a week later. They have a plan to destroy and and put in new um, uh, leadership change. um, What do you call it? Leadership change in seven countries. Yeah. The last, the last one was Iran. The the last one standing is Iran. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that video. Uh, and, it was a general talking about that, a retired general or something. Yeah, yeah. General Leslie Clark. Yeah, it's like they. Well, had, Syria too. Yeah. yeah, they brought me a plan. They said we're gonna invade and destroy these seven countries, and last one standing yeah. is Iran. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It was Afghanistan, Libya, Iran, Iraq, Syria. Uh. Yemen, and I think it was Egypt. And oh, all of a sudden they have Arab Spring. Yeah. So, and you when know, you get in return, you get a, a a government in Egypt, which is now uh, switched from being friendly to the to the Russians to being very friendly to the Americans, right? Yeah. Mm. You know, there's someone I I follow on usawatchdog.com is a gentleman named Martin Armstrong. And he has a consulting company called Martin or Armstrong Economics. And they provide consulting services to central banks, countries all over the world. And he's telling the story about he, he came to the conclusion that you watch capital markets, you watch flows of capital to determine where the conflict's going to happen. Because he started getting asking about um, certain economic flows in certain areas, and it turns out he's saying he's seeing money flow from one country to another, and the next thing you know, there's a war where they get the capital out of an area before there's a war. And he says he's seeing the flows of capital now that are flowing into the United States right now. That's why the dollar's strong. But um, he's seeing a war cycle coming in the Middle East. He's predicting it'll peak, at, uh, I think, in 2027. Hmm. This is just the start, according to him. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you're seeing everybody start to relocate their troops, like Australia and the UK sent aircraft carriers over to the Middle East. The U.S. has the largest naval fleet there since World War II. Mm-hmm. It's 73 ships. Yeah, like you can see it happening. It's you just you just got to pay attention. And you know Trump they have a, a thousand troops in Syria 
and they have I don't know how many thousand troops in Iraq, and 30, Trump, 30,000? Yeah. Yeah. Trump wanted to pull them out um, at near the end of his presidency, and they actually disobeyed his order, and they stayed there. And a lot of people think that they're just there. They're like the ships up in Battleship Row in Pearl Harbor. They're going to yeah. be the excuse for the Americans to get involved in the war in the Middle East. The big red button, as it were. Yeah. Yes. That'd be some heroic last stand by U.S. forces guarding an oil well or something, which will precipitate uh, well, a, a huge military response by the U.S., right? Yeah, and, and that's what the ones the ones in Syria, that's what they're doing. They're 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 occupying an area where Syria has most of its oil production. And what they're doing is they're preventing the Syrian government from using the oil for revenue. That's how dickish they are. Yeah. So hmm. anyways. Yeah, you can see something going to happen there for sure. Well, I still think in, in you know, it's so funny we do a podcast, so it'll be recorded, is that I think the United States is going to suffer a humiliation in this conflict sooner or later. I think they've been humiliated in Ukraine because they couldn't, um, you know, bring the Russians to heel. I just read an interesting story too, uh, before we got on about the production of 155 millimeter artillery shells, which are kind of the mainstay of army utility or army artillery units. Yeah. And the United States is produced about 40,000 last month and they're not being able to produce them at a rate that even can sustain the uh, war effort in the Ukraine. And they're diverting a lot of them now to uh, Israel. Yeah. And Russia has reportedly produced 1.5 million rounds of their, I think a lot of their artillery is 122 millimeter or some. Yeah. Something bit, like that. Bit different. But that's how much um, material they're producing. Compared to yeah, well, Russia is definitely on a war footing. Yeah, mm -hmm. and they're a serious country. Yeah. Yes. Like they they believe in what they're fighting for, and they'll stand behind it, and they will kill and die for it. Like they they believe in their fight. Like look at it's how many existential. troops they have. Yeah. Like look at how many troops they have ready to go with the Ukraine. They've got like four hundred thousand reserves, like just ready to go that can replace frontline units right now. I'd like, yeah, they're I'm up to two million. To, yeah, like I'm not talking reservists. I'm like guys ready to go, sitting on the rear line to swap guys out. So they have mm -hmm. dudes who are fresh, and they're able to swap out units and keep guys on a good work to rest ratio. Whereas the Ukraine, you've got guys who have been in this fight. Well, I'm not going to say since the beginning because all those guys are dead. But you've got mm -hmm. guys who are coming right out of there three weeks of training with NATO to be thrown into a meat grinder that maybe survived five or six weeks to then keep fighting nonstop and not get a break. Like there's no rest for that. It's, it's there. Yeah. It, it their leadership is like, the same. Yeah. But, the, but their leadership is using the same mentality of the generals in the first world war. They're launch, They're making these guys launch offensives into uh, defensive lines that the Russians have built that are three layers deep. Yeah. Yeah. Suicide. Yeah. Yeah. That first layer is minefields. That second layer is a delaying tactic. So they withdraw as they pick you off. And that third layer is the hard line. So like you're uh -huh. going to hit some heavy forces there. You're not getting through that. And while, while no. that happens, they're dropping uh, landmines behind them. Yeah. They're, Dropping their what are those those little like oh what are they called those they look like leaves almost they scatter bomb them everywhere the yeah. little anti personnel mines yep dropping those behind you dropping artillery on you like you're not getting through this they have yeah. more ammo they have more troops they have 
more will. <laughs> like you're throwing people at a brick wall here. Yeah. Like they're just they're just going to be like look if you look at the the, the nobody's really paying attention to what's going on in in the West in in North America. I'm sure the Europeans are becoming a little more concerned, but they are going to get, it's going to be like Pearl Harbor. They're going to, they are going to experience something like that, a surprising and drastic military defeat. And the question is, how do you think they will react? Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see how Germany does this winter, I guess. Yeah, without any I fuel. Will. Without any fuel, yeah. like yeah, good luck. How how yeah. how willing are you to react to that when you've been freezing for six months and there's not much food on the shelves, your economy's in ruin, you've got half your population hates the other half, like you you can't get a cohesive thought behind your your country, so what are you gonna do? The West is in Champlain. That's not just Germany. Like that's across the West in Europe. That's across the board. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Trudeau's trying to turn that into Canada too. He is. Oh he yeah, is actively. Yeah. Did you see? He stated that Canada can take up to five hundred thousand Palestinians that are going to be displaced from Gaza. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah, just talk next of- year. He wants to take five hundred thousand of them. That's the amount of people we took in last year, and he wants to take at minimum five hundred thousand people from Gaza on top of everybody else they're going to bring in. Yeah. Yeah, and you see that. There was a basically a riot at um, Concordia University. Um, a couple Jewish uh, schools in um, Montreal were sh- were shot up in at night, of course. But you know, so he's going to solve the problem by bringing in five hundred thousand pissed off people. Yeah. Who live to to kill and to to carry on like idiots, right? Yeah. Well, it's uh, well, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> Nobody thinks about that. Like you, you're bringing in these people. They don't. It's not just that they don't like you. They have a fucking blood debt with you. you like, and that's like, all the West. The yeah. West is. It's not just like they don't like the Jewish people and Israelis. They hate everybody who is involved in this, which is the West in general. Now you're going to bring in 500,000 of them who have just had their family members killed, their friends killed, and they've been just removed from their homes. Good luck. Yeah. Recipe for disaster. That's an oh, army. Yeah, yeah you're bringing a, an army of 500,000 into the country. Oh, but they're women yeah. and children. They hate you too. Yeah. The women are going to produce kids and they're going to raise their, they're producing soldiers, right? Yeah. 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 I, um, we, we, well, I shouldn't say we, we get it. Our leadership class and most of our idiot citizens don't even understand this. Yeah. I think it's intentional. I think they know what they're doing, and they're fully intentionally doing this. Uh, the people don't understand. People are just, eh, TV said, go Palestine or go Israel. You're da 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 Like, yeah, you're 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 forced to take a side. Yeah. You know, and if you don't, you're you're the worst person in the world. Yeah. Like, I'm not on your side. I'm on my side. I don't care about this. I don't care about that. I care about my family and my country being functional and not leaving us to freeze to death in the middle of winter because you shut down our oil processing because you think my carbon tax, like shut up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as bad it is, is with the food banks that are being overwhelmed right now and, you're going to be seeing a lot more just plain heating centers where people can go just to warm up because they can't afford to run heat in their homes and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's going to happen. Like it's, 
borderline already there. Yeah, they're already those kind of centers for the uh, which outreach to the the street people. But that's going to be uh, outreaching to the the just the elderly and the and the fixed uh, income people that can't afford to pay for heat. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the, yeah. that's your options, right? Do you want to eat this month or do you want to be warm? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not things like I said last week. This is a, today things are um better than they're going to be tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's all downhill from here. It's it's yeah. it doesn't get better. There's this doesn't get yeah. you, you can vote whoever you want in tomorrow. It could be the perfect candidate everybody currently excluded because they're all retarded you could vote in the mm. perfect person tomorrow and you are going to have generations of hurt because of everything that has been done to this country we cannot mm-hmm. fix this anytime soon you, no we, we all think in four-year terms right and you can't fix this in four years or three years you can't fix this in two decades you can't yeah it'll take decades literally to fix this mess that uh mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, trudeau's made yeah well, yeah, it's that, like I, the had old to, I had to use uh, the healthcare system uh, this week, and I was at the doctor's, and I told him, you know, I said, "Listen, doc," I said, "I'm totally deaf in my left ear," and he said, "Are you sure about that?" I said, "I'm deaf in it." But, <laughs> but where's the drum roll? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I forgot that. But you tell yeah. the joke, you know it's coming, and you're not ready. <laughs> yeah, and you can't escape it. You can't escape yeah. it. You know it's coming. Yeah. Did he offer you maid? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And was, we, was the on the optimistic side, is we have everything we need in this country. We just need um, good leadership. At all political levels. And you look provincially, you look at Slug Ford. Um, you know, he's uh, he's no different than the liberals. He's a huge def he, yeah, he huge deficits, graft, corruption, you know, it's all the same. And apology <laughs> Paul Levier is, you know, I think he's, I think, well, he'll, he's definitely better than Trudeau, but I mean, he's not a Superman. I don't he, even think he's better than Trudeau, to be honest. Yeah. I, th- I think he's like the rest of them. He's lying to you to get in and then he's going to do what they all do and just... Yeah, he's very. He's going to keep going down the same path. Like this guy signed on to all the same bills that Trudeau did. He agreed to all of the same things. He voted yes on all of them. And he's talking about bringing instead of just bringing in more people, he wants to bring them in faster and legally. So he's just going to change the laws to do the same thing and bring them in faster. Yeah. Well, and he's he's slavered Ukraine. He slavied Ukraine. He pushed the vax. He invested in it. He made a lot of money. He's doing great. Yeah. And he's also, you know, doing the blind backing of Israel thing, right? Of course. So. Because he'd be an yeah. anti-Semite if he didn't, right? Like, that's that's their biggest fear is to be called names. Like, bigot, anti-Semite, racist. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, uh, I was listening to a program on that or, uh, 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 one of these public surveys and, and they say that it used to be, a, to be called a racist, uh, in the news or, or by an organization It used to be the, the, the killer of all politicians. Right. And mm-hmm. it would end their careers instantly and all this kind of stuff. And they say nowadays the word is bandied about so many different times and constantly that calling somebody racist means nothing nowadays. 
It doesn't. It's like calling someone a Nazi. They've done it so much. They go, oh, you're yeah. a Nazi. The the Russians are Nazis. These people are Nazis. Like, you don't even know what that word means anymore because you've abused it. Like, exactly. Uh, right? Yeah, it's, yeah exactly. it's a joke. It's, it's pointless. Like, go ahead, call people Nazis because you're just an absolute joke of a person. That's what you are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think we're it's to the point too. We're seeing the end result of mass immigration. The fact is, is that you know when people come over in a trickle, they are there's not a, a huge area for them to just keep practicing their same culture. They have to assimilate and adopt yeah. the ways like when in Rome do as the Romans do. Right. Yeah. Well, now the rate of immigration is so high that people just immigrate to their own ghettos. Yeah. They get the, they develop their own ghettos. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, that's actually a really interesting thought that I hadn't even considered. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. And I know I work with, uh, I work with Indian people you know, they either they came over or their parents came over to get away from the culture that they came from, to have a peaceful life and prosperity. And that's what they want. They didn't come here for uh, the social welfare system. They came to, you know, a lot of them are uh, professionals like engineers and doctors and uh, all sorts of uh, um Uh, professions and now what's the difference they just come over here and they exist in their cultures that they came from and they yeah. don't assimilate yeah they end up uh you know they're it's just like moving to another city instead of another country exactly yeah i, yeah, I think there's a lot of big generational differences too like if you look at the generation after mine, they're all TikTok kids, iPad kids. Like they, they exist on their phones and their tablets and their iPads and on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and all these stupid sites. And their brains are just non-existent to be nice <laughs> about it. And like we're getting that same generation from other countries who didn't really, a lot of them didn't have the luxury of all of that. So mm -hmm. they exist in their, their, yeah, their ghettos and their gangs and their, their groups and they, uh, they stick together and they don't really give a shit about us. No, they don't have to. And that next generation who should be like standing up for each other and, and, you know, trying to put people in their places when they start pushing around the places they shouldn't be are there. They can't do anything. Mm -hmm. they're, but they're you know, you do cowardly, you, like, you do see some hope, though. You see those those very few that, there like you know, they'll really run. The, ones, yeah, no, yeah, they are. run the sub. They run their sub shops, their variety stores. I mean, and, and gas stations, and they're they're entrepreneurial and they work hard. The um, problem I see with that next generation, though, is it's A or B. You're a Nazi or you're a, a commie. Like, there's no in between. Yeah, you said that before, and. Like, you I can kind of see that. Uh, man, it's worrying because good luck. I'm not playing oh. that game, society. <laughs> like, that's on you guys. Oh. And you hear from some of them, you hear from some of them, well, you know, you, you go on about communism and they go, well, it's never been tried, really. Oh, <laughs> that's not <laughs> real yeah, communism, bro. That's okay. a, yeah, it's like the million people died. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah people like, died under uh, Mao Zedong. <laughs> yeah. In, hey, uh, remember the Great Leap Forward? Yeah. How many, yeah. Hundred, at least a hundred million. At least a yeah. hundred million. Anywhere up to yeah. three hundred million. Like, yeah. They they can't get yeah, like, an accurate number because there's too many dead. Like. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's and, not real communism, bro. Yeah. Cool, man. And yep. we become opulent and 
uh, intellectually lazy, yeah. and uh, we're going to pay the price. Oh, yeah. I, I really enjoy it, watching it happen. I, I enjoy watching these guys who are like, uh, what was I going to say here? Shroud, Schadenfreude? Yeah, it's Schadenfreude. Like, useful idiots? Useful idiots, no, Schadenfreude. Like these people who bring Schadenfreude. on themselves. Mm-hmm. Like they're, oh, they want to worry about communism and all this stuff when they don't realize like you are the useful idiot and you are the one who's going to be used and discarded. Oh, that'll never happen, bro. Can't man. Like I uh, hope you enjoy starving to death. Speaking of that, there's uh, those big protests down in Washington for the Palestinians, yeah, like and the LGBT community came out to support them, and they're basically. Uh, beaten away <laughs> literally beaten <laughs> away <laughs> like how could you be so friggin stupid because that's, that's how could the generation you... man that's what i'm talking like these people don't know fuck all like they sit there and they go oh go palestine i my lgbtq yeah. rainbow flag army is on your side but they hate you yeah. Yeah. Gays for Palestine. I they, remember yeah, that. Yeah. What roof you want to be going off? Throw of. you yeah. off a roof. Yeah, yeah. they don't <laughs> care. Like these people, like they're so stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's like, like I said, we I just got back from vacation that uh, in the Mediterranean, and one of the things that were told uh, there, the 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 tour guides were kind of. Uh, when they find out you're Canadian, they look at you kind of uh, off, like out of the corner of their eye. And that is, they're they're uh, very cautious because they rely on a lot of their tourist money coming out of uh, the Middle East and uh, all the different countries that don't put up with this LGBT stuff. And if any place gets associated with it in the in the tourist areas in the Mediterranean, that it could kill their entire tourist industry. Hmm. And I thought that was kind of interesting the way one of the tour guides uh, it, uh, told us said they, they do not want uh, LGBT uh, people coming to the Mediterranean or to their country to, for vacations because they don't want to be associated and lose the tourist dollars of the, the people that actually have a lot of money to spend. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I get it. Why? Why would you cater to that point zero zero two percent of a population? Yeah. For no money, because they're not going there anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's like uh, Italy uh, when uh, the rest of uh, with Canada and all these, or had Pride Month and all this stuff. Uh, Italy uh, declared Family Month. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's time uh, to put the crazies back in the box. That's well, right. Like, go watch, uh, what, what's that movie? One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, although that's an average person walking around Canada now, and that movie is set in an <laughs> asylum. Yeah. Like that's your average Canadian. Yeah. Like the inmates are running the asylum. It it has gone way too far. Well, there's that uh liberal turd environment mis- minister Stephen Gabold or whatever the hell his name oh, yeah, is was going on how he was Yeah. Yeah, he um was, you know, bragging about the fact that he's a socialist. And uh, you know, immediately arrested for treason. No, this is not a socialist we, country. Who's going to arrest them? The RCMP. That's yeah, the problem is they're all cowards. They did in the past. <laughs> they used to. They used oh to be, yeah, they used to actually have some sense of honor and discipline and and dedication to their job. Now they're just I need my paycheck and my promotion and mm. my donuts in my gullet. Yeah. Like, did you useless. Did you hear? <laughs> Did you hear the story about the fruit machine? No. <laughs> <laughs> they used to have a machine that they would use, the RCMP that they would use on 
people in sensitive diplomatic and security positions to determine if they were gay and uh, then they wouldn't recommend them for that particular position because back then you they felt if you were gay or you know because you had to keep it in the closet yeah. that um, you were vulnerable to blackmail and uh, so they had this machine I guess that I don't know if they showed you porn gay porn <laughs> and then the machine would check if you were aroused by it <laughs> they called it the fruit machine, fruit machine. <laughs> was, was it just that one really questionable guy like hey I, yeah are you sure <laughs> yeah yeah oh, so <laughs> and they watch their physical mannerisms and stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah yeah now they 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 uh, openly want to give you preference if you are gay or trans <laughs> Um, Hire morally questionable people and expect them to do a decent job. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's. I was thinking about it today. There was a really good book ri- written by Robert Heinlein called Starship Troopers. Whoa. And oh, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not talking about. Yeah, I'm not talking about the horrible movie. Yeah. Uh, the hey, in in it the the, the 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 plot you liked it. I I love Starship Troop. It's hilarious. It's, well, there's some good shots. Yeah, and it's common. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, yeah, a, the shower scene. It's a yeah, yeah. Movie. It's a satire movie. You you but, watch Starship uh, Troopers for the same reason you watch something like Pacific Rim. Okay, you watch it to see giant robots fighting giant monsters, not because it's a good story. Yeah, there's. You're right. But what the premise was in the book was that the West went through a disastrous war and lost. And what happened was, is the Western democracies collapsed because of that war and decadence, the decadence and insanity uh, of the culture basically destroyed it. And what happened is the veterans coming back from the war started to rebel and then just took over the leadership of the country and you could only vote if you were a veteran. Yeah. And Service guarantees citizenship. Yeah, this was written in the 50s. But you can see that this guy wrote this in the 50s, Robert Heinlein. And yeah. look at us now. And we're that's where I think the West is headed for a humiliation of some sort. I don't oh, know if yeah. it's going to be economic or military. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah. Yeah, more or less, you know, and I mean, it happens in history all the time. The decadence of the Roman Empire led to its collapse, right? And yeah. um, every empire. And, you know, I think the West is going to have its, you know, Spanish Armada moment or its Waterloo moment where it gets crushed or, uh, you know, there's Stalingrad or some other disaster that is going to absolutely shake the society to the core and then there's going to be a decline and a rebirth. You know, what's horrifying about that though, is that's all going to be on video. (laughs) Yeah. It won't be written, but whatever, like whatever whatever this battle happens, it's all going to be on video. There will be no rewriting of this. It will be a defeat of that magnitude will be just plastered everywhere. You will never live that down. Yeah, but I think in retrospect, I mean, we're watching this war in the Ukraine in slow motion, but historically, that might be the starting point. We don't know. It might be yeah. that. Um, but that war is all, all of a sudden gone dark, eh? No. Yeah, well, it's just, it, it's just it out of the news. Dark. They just stopped reporting on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they stopped reporting on it because they stopped giving Zelensky so much money and weapons, and he's begging for weapons and money right now. Please, please. Mm-hmm. He's showing up. Well, there are. looks like he's wasted on TV. Like, he, we he were go buy them from Hamas. Right? He, like, he sh- well, he shouldn't have sold them to them in the first place. Yeah. Well, 
there's a former government official of the Ukraine government that's saying that the war is lost and it's time for Zelensky to go to the peace table. Yeah. That He's going to sit too late. Yeah. 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 And did you see, he, wasn't he saying he wanted to talk to Donald Trump? He tried, he invited Donald Trump either to the Ukraine or to talk to him. And Donald Trump was like, nah, nah I, do. yeah. I, I ain't talking to you. <laughs> you know, about time. Yeah. But one thing that concerns me about Trump is he has, uh, it's pretty obvious he has a preference to Israel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Of course he does. Um, it, uh, like you said, he, he said he could end uh, the Ukraine war in one, one day. Uh, that was one of his things he said. Not two days, not like a month, but in one day. You just call and, Putin uh, out and say that. Put me in charge. We're going to have a wall we'll in the Ukraine war, and there will be peace in the Middle East. Okay? It's going to be huge. You also got to remember, he was, uh, uh, got, uh, what, three or four peace treaties signed between uh, Middle Eastern countries and Israel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the only he president that. in the recent history who hasn't started a new war. Uh, yep. I think he's the only president to ever actually walk into North Korea. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. And and on top of that, like I said, he'd end the war in the Ukraine in one day despite saying no to Zelensky. Yeah. 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 You say, your, your, check, your, your check's balance. No more. Yeah. Yeah. And basically the aid going to Ukraine now is basically paying all the government employees and soldiers. That's how the, yeah. that's where the most of the money's going. So the money's yeah. being siphoned away. Oh yeah. Just, everybody's getting their cut and uh, siphoning off the top and, and and by the time it gets down to the, the bottom people that need it, it's very minimal. Yeah. Yeah. But in, in historically looking back, you know, 50 years from now, they may say this was the beginning of the end of the dominance of the West. Yeah. For the remainder of the 21st century. Well, yeah. it's going to take a long time to recover from this. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like you can see that too. Like we've drained our arms supply, our war stock munitions is been sunk into the ukraine and sold off to a dozen different terrorist groups like it it doesn't matter what so i i love everybody who's like how could this happen to israel you gave them the weapons you handed them on a silver platter and said have fun enjoy yeah yep yeah you 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 know 155 millimeter shells can make make great ieds right amazing yeah 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 well, I think another topic we should look at too is uh, um, the southern border. Oh I mean, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Like the 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 idea of the you know the war is going to come home to the United States if this gets out of hand. Yep. If no. if the Americans strike seriously at Iran or Syria or Yemen, it's going to come back and bite them in the ass. Yeah. So Now, all I, if I can interrupt, there's a, one of my favorite authors is a guy named uh, Tom Clancy. Uh-huh. And he can describe uh, a scenario. He puts together a scenario, a perfect scenario, uh, which would mirrors, and he wrote this book back in the, in the 90s. Uh, early 90s and uh, the book it would describe perfectly what could be happening right now and the book is called rainbow six yeah i remember the book i never read it though yeah if you read want to read a really good book rainbow six and what it is is uh it starts off that um terrorist cells come up from the south uh from the middle east Come into the south uh, through the the porous border, basically, and 
organize themselves into their different terror cells and then uh, unilaterally make massive terrorist attacks across the United States. And it just how the, the and Rainbow Six deals with the intelligence gathering of trying to thwart this, which they were, weren't very helpful. And also Rainbow Six was the reaction, one of the reactionary teams to deal with these terrorist groups. But yeah, it, it's, it's a, a, a feel, I, what's the word, a feel-good book, in a sense, that the rah-rah, uh, the U.S. comes out on top and that. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that will be the case in this particular case. I think you're going to see a large body count. Um, yeah. All you have to do is uh, this uh, Christmas season hit any of the malls and, mm-hmm. you know, come in. A lot of these areas uh, have small town hit police services that make, you know, 16 mm-hmm. bucks an hour, you know, uh, and just walk in and they start slaughtering people. They, they'll have, and sort of hit and run, go in, slaughter and get out and just keep hitting all these different malls and do that right across America with all these different cells, uh, terrorist what cells. Do? What are you going to do? Yeah. You'll get well, some of them. Let, let's look at it. Let's look at it from a point of view of like, what would I do mm-hmm. if I really wanted to hurt a country? Yeah. I would destroy their electrical infrastructure. Yeah. All these uh, transformer stations. Yeah. I would start with that. Yep. Transformer towers. Power plants, transmission systems. Yep. Transformer stations. So that's really good for like inconveniencing and shutting down trade and things like that. Like that's good for economic damage on people. But when you you really kill more people that way long term, long term yeah. yes, but it doesn't really inspire the fear that I think they're they want to drive into people. Well, you blow I'm up sourcing... that uh, power plant, you shut down the entire east coast of the U.S. and Canada. Sure, but yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't have to you wouldn't right? you wouldn't have to even destroy Adam Back. You destroy the transformer station yeah. of Adam Back. I'm. Sort for a company I'm working for, I'm I'm sourcing out some generation, standby generation for them. Mm-hmm. The lead time for generators of substantial size is 18 to 24 months. Transformers, transformers, it's two years. These wow. large transformers, yep, will be at least two to three years. Maybe we should stop putting these ideas out onto the void. Well, I mean, these people are much smarter than us. Yeah, and well, like like I said, when I was but... when I was working uh, when I was working uh, in Grimsby um, years ago, uh, we had that this uh, Muslim lady that was severely beaten by her husband and in the the hospital, and when we went to arrest the the husband who happened to be a chemical engineer, um, we found a, his whole garage was full of, uh, was a bomb-making factory. Uh-huh. And he disappeared uh, to Saudi Arabia, Yemen, or one of those countries before we could ca- catch him. And, he's, and as far as I know, to this date, they probably still haven't caught him. Uh-huh. And that's just a little town of Grimsby. Uh-huh. And then uh, another situation was uh, uh, that happened uh, just before I retired, and just uh, what they four Middle Eastern uh, males in a large truck went up into Jordan at the the greenhouse supplier and bought a, a full truckload of high nitrogen fertilizer paid cash and left. And two days later, they, they, the, the place or the business thought, maybe we should tell somebody about this. <laughs> and that, that, all that fertilizer disappeared, never to be seen again. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're, 
they're everywhere with, you know, like I was talking about the electrical system, but like the social mayhem that these lone wolf and little groups could cause and mm -hmm. hysteria, the economic fallout, like you say, the, the, the attacking commerce areas and things like that. Do you imagine what that would do to the economy? Oh yeah. yeah. What economy? <laughs> can it get much worse? It can, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I, mean, I think, well, I uh, mean, what about, what about that? Uh, what was it? A drunk dump truck driver or something like that on the skyway a couple years yep. back now? Yeah. yeah. No questions about that. Yep. And that costs uh, the Canadian economy hundreds of millions of dollars. Be mm -hmm. uh, he was drunk. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I like, how do you know next time that's not going to well, be packed with all that missing fertilizer and that bridge is gone. Move. Yeah. And on that same note, all you have to do is hijack one of those big fuel trucks and detonate it right on the top of the one of the, the skyway. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the source of close to like 40% of the produce coming into and products coming into Canada. Yeah. Into Ontario, yeah. I should say. Not, not Canada, but Ontario. Yeah. I think yeah. if this situation escalates, it's a matter of if, not when. Yeah. Or not... Sorry, it matter when, not if. Yeah. I got it backwards there. But, um, and, you know, Iran is going to be involved in an exis existential fight with the United States. Yeah. Um, they didn't, the Senate just pass a motion that basically allows the president to act unilaterally if he feels that Iran has um, threatened the security of American forces in the Middle East. Yeah. Like, basically, he's given him a blank check yep. to make war upon Iran if he feels it's necessary. Yeah. Okay, but what does a guy who shits his pants feel is necessary? <laughs> well, they'll just tell him, hey, Joe, sign this. This is necessary. What's this, the bill for ice cream? And then he'll sign it. and Because he's he's definitely, the neocons are in charge. And yeah. I think. Biden yeah. isn't. It, yeah. yeah. And the scary part is, is they're um, all infiltrated into both elect, uh, uh, political parties. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hillary's a neocon. Yeah. Oh, it's um, like the, it, how the, the advisors to Trump wanted him to go to war with Iran back. Uh, and uh, Trump said, uh, no, I don't think this is worthwhile <laughs> to mm -hmm. do this. And I don't think we're going to launch a big attack against Iran because of this little thing. They shot down a drone. So we're not going to wipe out their, their uh, West Coast. No, no, that's not right. No. Send him a message and kill Soleimani. Yeah. And, and this is the problem in the United States. You have these hardcore uh, Republican um, Christian types that fall for the um, idea that Christ is going to come back when Israel is reestablished. Re I mean, it's, it's a cult. And then on the other hand, you just have the neocons, which want American hegemony. And the way to do it is to uh, keep Islam down and uh, Israel controlling the Middle East. And the only country now that's in their way is Iran. And uh, one that's starting to become a problem for them is Turkey. Turkey's becoming the wild card. Yeah. But they're on this path that somehow they've got in their heads that Iran needs to be laid low. And I think uh, it's a trap. I, I really enjoy when um, politicians have dual passports and they show up to work wearing the military uniform of their alternate country. Oh, yeah, the IDF. Yeah. Did you see that? Now, who was that, uh, Brian? 
Uh, I'd have to look up his name. It was one of the U.S. senators or something. He showed up to work wearing an Blum- IDF uniform. Was it Blumenfall? Might have been. He's a Democrat. And look at the name, Blumenfall. Yeah. He's he's an American senator. He's Jewish. And he has just this. this. Oops. Carry on. He has this um, obsession with Zionism. Brian Mast was his name. GOP rep Brian Mast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Republican. A Republican? No. Yeah. And what rank was he? Uh, he's a congressman for Florida. Oh, okay. Oh, and the IDF? I don't know. Interesting. Well, gentlemen, this has been an interesting discussion today. Um, really, the world is uh, on fire in different locations. Some locations that are being hidden from us now that Ukraine and nothing to see here, folks. And now the, the big concentration is on Israel and uh, Gaza. And we're seeing uh, different strategies uh, by the different uh, countries that are, are, are rallying the, uh, with the Palestinians. And we're seeing a lot of things happening that could trip us easily into uh, World War Three. So, yeah, we covered a lot of points tonight and uh, good discussion, guys. I appreciate your input. And it's always very uh, uh, seen beyond what the average politician can see. So you've been listening to the Canadian Beacon Podcast, guys, and thanks for tuning in, and uh, we hope to have another show for you next week. Take care, and uh, keep safe.